to Blast from the Arsenal. Hello to everyone that supports the team that has won four games in a row. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal. And you know what? I'm going to extend that welcome to non-Arsenal fans that may listen to this podcast too. You're all welcome. I'm your host, Angelo, and joining me as ever with his enthusiastic take on the Gunners' winning ways, transfer rumours and tactical analysis is Diddley. How are Hello. you, Hello. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm good, mate. As I say, four wins on the spin, and obviously we'll get into the latest one in just a second, but life's good at uh, this end of, uh, of lockdown. And obviously we had to delay recording this podcast yesterday because it was Mrs. Diddley's birthday, and of course... You know, your life would not have been worth living if you'd have chosen speaking to me about Arsenal than spending it with her. So, did she have a nice, nice day? I believe she did. Yes. Um, not easy to organise a two-person celebration. Big birthday as well. Uh, yeah. So it was a biggie. Uh, Thirty. So, um, but yeah, we had a nice day, mate. Thank you very much. Good. 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 Um, right, back to business. Listeners, as ever, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you get a notification to tell you when we've released a new episode. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram too. Diddly, what is the social media handle that they need to look for? At Blast Arsenal Pod. It is Blast Arsenal Pod. We've got absolutely loads to get through this week. And I feel like I say that every week. So buckle up because there's plenty to talk through. And let's be honest, a national lockdown in place in the UK here at the minute. It's not as if you've got anywhere better to be or anything better to do. So let's crack on with our agenda. Not that we have an agenda research, but you know what I mean. First up, though, in customary fashion, I always say this. It's tradition now. It's, it's written into Arsenal folklore and certainly Arsenal podcasting folklore. It's Tweet of the Week. Diddly. Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the week. <laughs> Love it. Right, talk to me. You have found a tweet of the week this week. Right, tweet of the week this week is from at Alex Lemon. And uh, he tweeted, mad how Harry Kane is 27 and still hasn't won a single trophy. Ha ha. What the fuck? It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm factually correct. I love those sort of tweets. Um did you take Alex Lemon? Is that his name, Alex? Alex, oh, yeah, Alex yeah, yeah, Lemon. Alex, yeah, Ledge. He knows what he's talking about. What can I say? Agree? So, yeah, that tickled me, mate, yeah. I did see something today, actually, about Harry Kane. And uh, it's always good when you've got a story that you remember the last bit being Harry Kane, but you can't remember what the rest of it was. But it was something along the lines of, it's crazy how Harry Kane is 27 and still not won a, a trophy. Oh, I'll tell you what it was. It was a classic Twitter. Um, it was a classic Twitter um, post by an Arsenal fan that had a picture of Henri and it had a picture of Harry Kane. And Harry Kane said 27, zero trophies. And it said my striker 27, 18 trophies. And yeah. I thought, Christ, that is some comparison, you know. Um, so, Even Rob Holding, 25, has more trophies. He does. In fact, I, I was thinking about this earlier because that is that is the next thing we were going to talk about, funnily enough, which is the big news coming out of Arsenal today is Rob Holding has signed a new contract with Arsenal until 2024 with an option of a further year uh, on top of that. And, and, you know, first, let's talk about that. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's a good thing. Um 
you know, he's 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 earned it. I think this season he's he's shown some good form. He's turning into Mister Consistent, um, which is good because if you look back over his time with Arsenal, sort of four and a half seasons, this being his fifth, um, not played a massive amount of league games. He's he's sort of clocked up fifty three league games in that yeah. time, which yeah. which isn't great, but. He has had some bad injuries. Hopefully, he's over those now. And at, like you say, just sort of 25 years old. Um, yeah, there's no reason why he can't go on to to play out out that contract. Yeah, and beyond. And I think that's the thing. At 25, and you say he, he's already been with the club since what was it, 2016, something like that. He joined. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. So. Sometimes these players have been with us for so long from such a young age, you actually forget how old they are. You know, 25 is no age for a, a player. He's probably got another 10 years in him. Not saying they're all at Arsenal. Who knows? They might be. But um, And even 53 appearances, which isn't loads. Just being around those senior players for that length of time. And funny enough, I was watching a, a video on the Arsenal website before the podcast, and there was a, an interview that he'd done with the Arsenal.com site, um, you know, because of his his contract um, extension, and and he was saying, you know, I learned so much working with Per Mertesacker at, at the back, especially in the FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was saying, you know, I looked like I was about to go out on loan. I think it was to Newcastle he was linked with, wasn't it, to go out it on was. loan? And um, Mikel Arteta said to him, No, look, I want you to stay. And uh, he said, I, I've got to that position now where Mikel ask questions like right if the ball's coming here where do I want you to play it and he'll jump in straight away and say that way and, and Arteta will be like yeah exactly he goes and it just you know if I'm able to show the manager that I know how he wants me to play you know why wouldn't he pick me um and, and funnily enough he also made a, a a great comment which was you know I saw Gabriel come in Mari obviously came in as well but he said I, I saw Gabriel come in with this big price tag and thought well look he's three years younger than me he might have a big price tag but he's my you know, I'm his senior, basically, so he's got to he's got to out, outdo me and prove he's better than me. He goes, I know I only came here for two million pounds, but you know it's not about that. And I thought, yeah, fair play to you. That's that's exactly how you want to be. So um, I'm really pleased he stayed. I'm really pleased he stayed in, and I think importantly, he's he's proved his worth, hasn't he? He has, and I think uh, it's also important that you sort of, well, we don't want to get. Uh, drawn into making the same mistakes by offering long contracts to players. Um, I, it, it does seem worthwhile to secure, you know, the investment as well. Um, yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, if he does struggle to hold down a regular place, at least we can still look to sell him in a couple of years if we need to, if he wants to move on and play regularly, we can still command a fee. And we're definitely, like you say, £2 million, pounds, we're going to make a profit. Yeah, yeah. And um, his bigger contract adds more value to a player's transfer value, doesn't it? And yeah. he's English. You know, he's English. He as is. <laughs> you know, and there's a premium on these, on these players, on, on English players. So, yeah, it is key that we do keep some of the English talent that we have got. Yeah. yeah. 
I think the other good thing with this contract extension is it's, um, I say, till 2024, but with the option of another year, yeah. which kind of safeguards against what we've been doing more recently. Because even if we get to the end of 2024 and nothing's been agreed for a further extension, well, we've got that one year of, right, activate it. Whatever happens beyond that happens, but just activate it. And we have that decision to at least keep him for the further 12 months if we choose to. So I'm, I'm really pleased. And you know what? I've seen a lot of love for him on, on social media, um, probably in light of the fact that he's played so many games just recently. And uh, the other thing I love about him, he's kind of been the, like you say, the consistent one because he's played with Gabriel this season. He's played with Mari just recently. Yeah. Pretty sure early on in the season, he played with Mustafi for a bit. Um Probably not so much Socrates, but he, he's been the one that has always been there and everyone else has sort of linked into him. So um, really pleased with that. Really pleased but with that. He was uh, obviously he was rested against Newcastle in the cup. He was. Does he walk straight back in on Thursday against Palace? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, we'll talk about the, the Newcastle game in a minute, but. The, the same question is being asked of, of Gabriel, isn't it? And whether he comes in straight over Mari, given Mari's done so well recently. Um, well, we can come back to that in a bit if you want. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that because we've got to talk about lineup as part of that Palace match. Um, the the other thing I was going to mention on Rob Holding, it just you can't you can't help but you know, talk about this this fantastic quote, which is obviously from Arsene Wenger. I'm sure you could probably tell which one it's going to be before I even say it. But yeah, it's the famous, uh, it was a post-match interview. And he said, unfortunately, no one speaks about the performance of Rob Holden today. You should be happy. He's English. He's 20 years old. I'm sorry he didn't cost 55 million, so he can't be good. <laughs> I love the sarcasm in that. And it's so true, isn't it? Yeah, and of course that was aimed at uh, you know John Stones costing yes. that amount of money. Yeah. Exactly. Do you, do you think Holding can push on from here as well? Obviously, you know if he keeps his place and keeps playing, do you think he can make his way into the England team? Um, yeah, I think there there was once a once upon a time where the England centre back position was fierce with really really high top quality players you're talking Adam Sol Campbell Keown uh, John Terry Rio Ferdinand Jamie Carragher you know loads and loads of them whereas I look now and think who are the the best English centre-backs it changes from every game I think because you think Connor Cody's been in there more recently um, I'm sure Lewis does Lewis Dunk play the game there I think he may have yeah yeah yeah, yeah, Lewis Dunk James Tarkowski yeah um Obviously, Harry Maguire is is another one. I mean, again, if he didn't cost eighty five mil, would he really be in there? I'm not sure. Dyer, he is Dyer. Oh no, Eric Dyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I think he's got every opportunity to. But I think to do that, he needs to prove himself in the Arsenal team. And actually, on that point, we just said about Mari and Gabriel. I think they're pretty nailed on as being our left sided centre backs. Rob Holding is the obvious right sided centre back, and with mm. Mustafi going. Socrates going and David Luiz in the last year of his contract or last six months now he may well leave at the end of the season so we're going to have another right-sided centre-back in at some point Callum Chambers will probably go Mavropanos will probably not return Um, and obviously there is Saliba to fit in there somewhere 
but I still think a, a, another centre back will come in, and I think he will oh, fight. Do. Yeah, I think he'll fight for that position, Rob Holden, with that new centre back to fill that spot. So if if he's consistent, he'll he'll play when it's as simple as that. And let's be honest, he's no frills. That's what I like about him. You know, he gets the job done. So, yeah, I agree. And look, I'm just going to say, he cost two million pounds, and he's won two FA Cups. So a million pound a piece. He's done well there. Yeah. Right. Uh, also this week was the, I don't know if say famous or infamous, I think I'll go with infamous, uh, Meza Ozil Twitter Q&A, well documented, I'm sure you, you, you must have all seen it, um, you know, on social media, but uh, just, just on the internet in general, everywhere you look. Um, you see much of that? <laughs> Not really, I tried to avoid it if I'm being honest. That's always handy for, for an afternoon podcast. I, I, I don't really understand what what we're going to learn from it yeah um yeah we know his situation we know he loves Fenerbahce oh that came out you know it's just a matter of time yeah yeah that 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 all came out um his love for Fenerbahce um I wouldn't say he was anti-Arsenal because he definitely wasn't anti-Arsenal um but he was pro Fenerbahce and Real Madrid and uh, Schalke, obviously where he started his career. It's, it, I mean, the fact that he had a Twitter Q&A and it drummed up so much interest and so much publicity just shows what we're going to kind of lose in terms of a, a bit of a media circus when he actually leaves. Yeah. Um, which, I have to be honest, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite happy about, you know. Um, but there were two things from his Q&A that really stuck out with me. Um, the first one was he, he responded to um, a question, which was whether he enjoyed playing at Arsenal, given that his time's nearly over. And he said, of course, he said, there have been many ups and downs so far, but all in all, I've never regretted my decision to join Arsenal. Uh, to be honest, the last couple of games before the Corona break in February and March 2020 was a lot of fun. I've enjoyed my time a lot and I thought we were on a really good, positive way. But after the break, things changed. I guess that's reference to the fact that when Arteta first came in, yeah. he was playing, wasn't he? He had a consistent run of, I don't know, six, eight, ten games. And then that was it. That was the point of no return. He, he didn't get another opportunity after that. What changed, do you think? Well, there's it's either, a million-dollar question, well, isn't it? But... Arteta came in, didn't he? And obviously said there are these non-negotiables. You're either on the boat or you're not. And maybe he has fallen foul and, you know, he's stopped doing the things that he was doing to get into the yeah. team. He's, uh, you know. I mean, you look at Emil Smith-Rowe, he's playing that number 10 position at the minute. Yeah, he runs and runs and runs. Uh, and that's, yeah. I don't know, he, he shows more aggression, I think. And that's probably what he wants, you know, from a from a 10. So... Maybe he felt that isn't what he was getting from Ozil. Who knows? That's the, the million-dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, or there's, you know, there's something else and we don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing I was going to pick out was uh, a question that was put forward to him was, what's the strongest Arsenal eleven you've ever played with? So of all your time at Arsenal, pick an eleven. In goal, I don't know if you've seen this, in goal, do you know, have you seen this? Uh, he picked David Ospina, didn't he? He picked David Ospina, yeah. So I did a bit of research just to have a quick look at who he could have chosen. And goalkeepers that played 
at Arsenal during his time. Bert Leno, obviously. Uh, Emiliano Martinez. Lucas Fabianski was with him for a season. Uh, Wojciech Chesney. And Peter Cech. Mm. But he chose David Ospina. Do you not think that's a bit crazy? Yeah, yeah it's a strange one. Um, the rest of that lineup: Sanya, Koscielny, Mertesacker, Kalasinac, but I'm guessing that's just because he's a friend. Yeah. Kazola, uh, Ramsey, Nabry, who you know, played a handful of games, but I'm guessing that's because he's his friend. Obviously chose himself. Sanchez and Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have we got there? One. Well, let's take out uh, Kalasinac because he's obviously his best mate. And Nabry, because he played with him, uh, you know, for Germany, didn't he? He's got one player from the current setup, the yeah. current team. Do you think yeah. that speaks volumes of maybe he's not as pally with the team or doesn't have as much confidence in their ability? Well, possibly. Um, probably just uh, it's probably just a second-handed, backhanded dig, isn't it? To... Mm. He didn't choose Arteta, did he? Put it that. <laughs> no, and obviously he did play with Arteta, didn't he? So, yeah. Yeah, look, it's you're going to pick your mates, aren't you? Um, I think we've got some decent players in there, but obviously he's not been playing that much, has he? So True. But, True. you know, he does train with them day in, day out. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I think it's just a dig at the the club to say look you know we're just not at that we're you've got players that aren't at that level anymore yeah yeah which is true which is true um mm. but i don't know i mean even put it this way i'd still choose Bent leno over david ospina <laughs> you know even yeah. even even a goalkeeper like that so um so that was that anyway and we don't want to get bogged down and make this into an ozil podcast because i'm sure Nobody wants to, to hear that. But I'm sure, um, again, soon enough, we'll find out what the deal is, if he's going to Fenerbahce or America or, uh, you know, whether that's in January or the summer. Um, all will become clear very soon, won't it? Yeah, well, what do you think he'll do? Uh, the way he's been talking about Fenerbahce, and even today he posted a throwback, as he called it, of him playing for Real Madrid against Galatasaray, obviously one of their fierce rivals. Yeah. You know, all, all these little um, clues, I suppose, is, is the right phrase to use. All these little clues that leads to Fenerbahce would suggest that's what he's going to do. My understanding is, and I know we're going to come on to transfers in a bit, but my understanding is um, uh, it's all to do with the loyalty bonus payment. So if he breaks his contract before... You know, yeah. due to expire, Arsenal are supposed to pay him a certain amount of money. So I think we're trying to get out of paying that. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's all a mess. He's never going to play for us again. It would have been nice to have a see you later match at some point, but it's all been and gone, isn't it? So let's just get it all done with, get him out of the club and uh, continue with our progression because that's what it's been recently, hasn't it? Yep. I couldn't agree more. Good. Right. We're going to park that one then, leave it there. And move on to the last bit of uh, big news before we talk about the Newcastle match, which is um, today, Hector, well, I think it was today, it was today when I saw it, Hector Bellerin has announced that he's launching a new nine-part documentary series on YouTube 
titled Unseen Journey, which is about his rehab from his ACL injury that he suffered against Chelsea two years ago. Um, so that starts tomorrow, which is, what, 13th of Jan, free. Go check it out. It apparently includes never-seen-before footage of the club's 19, sorry, 2019-20 FA Cup triumph. Um, but I see, I saw the documentary preview, and it looked really interesting. Actually, it looked quite good. So, yeah, I think go, go check it out. I might give that a watch. I mean, the fact that it's called Unseen Journey tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? You know, you don't, you don't, you don't find out anything about people or players when they're out injured, and you always hear oh, it could be very lonely and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they have to go through, won't it? Yeah, because as a fan, you just concentrate on Saturday 3pm all the time who's in the team not who's out of the team or what they're up to so go check that out so that's on um, on YouTube why not something else to do during lockdown eh yeah we're running out of things to do we are we are right talking of things to do seamless link uh, we'll talk about the Newcastle or Arsenal versus Newcastle game, which was played on the uh, 9th of Jan, Saturday just gone. Uh, 2-0 win. But before we do that, I've got a little game for us. Oh, that's nice. Oh, we like games. So um, what would you say is probably the most iconic FA Cup win that we've had in the past few years? I know which one I think it is. But what do you think it is for you? This isn't part of the game. This is just to see if you're on the same wavelength. But if you're not, uh, Well, I think the... The comeback win against Hull and the fact that we hadn't won a trophy for a while was quite iconic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Me too. It was the one that ended our 10-year drought, which is um, less time than Spurs, actually, isn't it, since they've won? But no one says anything about that. So I'm glad you said that because my game is focused on that 3-2 win. Right. Uh, right. So the game is Who Am I? Uh-huh. And I'm going to read out some facts about players that made the lineup for that game. And based on the facts, you have to guess who I'm talking about. Okay. Who, who doesn't love a game of Who Am I? Who da, da, am da, I? Who da, am da, I? Da, da. <laughs> who am I? <laughs> oh, it can be used for so hey, many things. It works for everything. It does. Right. And jump in here. You don't have to wait until the end of my facts. I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got six for this first player. All right, here it goes. He's born in December 1984. You should know from that, obviously. Um, he spent six years at the club, making 129 appearances and scoring 25 goals. He's still playing now and still winning trophies. Lucas Podolski. It's not Lucas Podolski. He's not won the World Cup, but he has won the European Championship twice with his country. The Euros. This one, you might get it. Santi Cazorla. Yes, it is Santi Cazorla. The next two <laughs> questions were, he's only five foot six, <laughs> and, he, and he wore the number 19 at Arsenal. It was Santi Cazorla, yes. What a player. <sighs> what a player. Little magician. I mean, when you think how long he was out injured. Yeah. What a, what a player, but what a missed chunk of his career that he you know really could have been influential at Arsenal really yeah. sad good okay got the first one well done mate thank you next one born 26th of September 1989 
He spent 10 years in the Arsenal senior squad between 2007 and 2017, making 137 appearances before leaving for another English club. He scored a Jack. total of... Jack Wilshire. It's not Jack Wilshire. He scored a total of two goals. Now, you'll get it from this. On the 22nd of March 2013 against Chelsea, this player was incorrectly shown a red card after referee Andre Mariner misidentified him for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Kieran Gibbs. It is Kieran Gibbs, yes. God, did he play in that game? He did play in that game, yeah. He committed a handball in an attempt to prevent a Chelsea scoring opportunity. That is Kieran Gibbs, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well done. I always see Kieran Gibbs at West Brom. Obviously, that's who he left for, wasn't it? And think, the fact you're playing for West Brom and you then got relegated to the Championship, and albeit you've come back up to the Prem, he was never really Arsenal quality, I didn't think. Did you? No, there was a point where I think he had a good season and we all thought, hmm, maybe. But yeah. yeah, no, not really. And there's a few of those. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Uh, you, you, of those players. I think the players that come through the academy, you always have a bit more of a, a grace for them, don't you? You always think, it's all right, they're going to make it eventually. They're going to make it eventually. Keep giving them chances. And it wasn't that he was a bad player, but I think he got caught out defensively a bit too much towards the end of his career. And there were just better options for us, like Andre Santos. <laughs> <laughs> God, blimey. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we do have this, you know, we wear, wear sort of Arsenal tinted glasses when it comes to kids that have come through the the youth uh, up to the first team yeah um, you want them to do well don't you you want to believe that they're as good yeah as uh, as you know you think they are but I think a way to gauge it is if you look at youngsters at other clubs it's easier to judge how good they are because mm. You know, you're not looking at them with your yeah, glasses. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so if if you can take them off for a second and just have a proper look, yeah. and, and we'll talk about it a little bit more later. Yeah. Um, on, yeah. Do you know what? On on and, and I was thinking about this the other day. On on the uh, note of wearing rose tinted glasses and looking at youth prospects, do you think Alex Awobi would have done better if he'd have had? A manager like Mikel Arteta, or or not? Because obviously he he left as part of the Emery era, and Emery wasn't the best with giving clear instructions. We can you know we've all seen that with reference to his uh, lack of English. But Arteta seems like the sort of player that that usually works well with wingers. If you think of the likes of Sterling, Sane, um, etc. All right, that's not necessarily true for Pepe and Willian at the minute, but. Um, you see what he's doing with Saka. I don't know. I just feel like maybe he'd have benefited a bit of tutelage from uh, from Arteta. Again, a good good player, but not Arsenal, Arsenal quality. I don't think he yeah. um, good at the I think, I think, Yeah, I think he he lacks he lacks that that final ball, that um, top class finish. He, he should be, you know, if he was as good as he, we thought, he, he burst onto the scene, didn't he? And he and he did look a good young player, but, mm. 
you know, he should be hitting double figures for goals and yeah, assists, really. Right. He doesn't get anywhere near it. No, he's got the speed and he gets into the positions, but he just doesn't he doesn't do enough, does he? No. Anyway, we're deviating away from this brilliant game of who yeah. am I? <laughs> who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Right, next one. Born 4th of June, 1985. Spent three seasons at the club, making 60 appearances and scoring 19 goals before leaving for Inter Milan on loan in January 2015. He finally left for Turkey on a permanent transfer. He's a World Cup winner. And there's your last one, which you'll get it. He's best known for his explosive and accurate shot, reaching speeds of nearly 100 miles an hour. Of course, he went on loan to Inter, didn't he? Lucas Podolski. There's Lucas Podolski, yes, yeah. Oh, God, again, another player. I was so buzzing when he joined us because I, I, I don't know, i just seen him play. I don't know whether it was for, um, I think he was like one of the league's top scorers in Bundesliga when he was playing for, um, oh, yes, God. FC Cole. FC Cole, thank you. Yeah, and you thought, God, this guy's banging goals in for a team that's not doing very well. Um, and what a shot on him. What mm. a shot on him. I just feel yeah. like... And he always did well for Germany didn't he the national yeah, side yeah, and I think yeah. our walk it into the net approach didn't help him because when he took a shot he'd either be on target or he'd create something at a corner a goal or whatever but you know he's one of those players who'd be like take a shot and you could feel like he wanted to but never given the opportunity to you know it was like no no you lose the ball that way so there you go so yeah he had his moments and I think he's got a little bit of a cult sort of status at Arsenal yeah. he's uh, still very much a, a, a gooner yeah. isn't he uh, at heart so yeah you know I've got fond memories of him I have too great uh, great goal against Coventry if I'm not mistaken he smashed the crap out of it go uh, YouTube that um, and he only spent three seasons it's quite surprising I don't know why I felt like he'd been around for longer right next one Born 18th of April 1985. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I don't know if it's the, the date of birth is to give you an idea of their sort of age now, really. Um, right. He spent seven years at the club making 32 appearances, with the cup final being his last appearance for the club. He's still playing in the Premier League. He's represented his country over on over 50 occasions. And this might be the one that you get it. He left Arsenal to join a Welsh club. Uh, no, I still don't know. Oh, Fabianski. It is Lucas Fabianski. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, of course, he went to Swansea, didn't he? He did go to Swansea now at West Ham United. Another one, good, but not my number one. Don't about no, me. not for me either. It, yeah. It's surprising, really, that, after, you know, Emmy Martinez was at the club at that point, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. That he wasn't deemed good enough to to be in there instead of him. Yeah. Really, when you when you look at how he's developed and how good he is now. Yeah, well, if I'm not mistaken, having done my homework earlier today, I think it was actually Vito Minoni that was, you know, fighting for that second spot <laughs> with Fabianski. Well, he was we awful. A bad, we had a bad run of luck with keepers, haven't we? All right, last one. Uh, born 26th of March 1982 spent five years at the club making 110 appearances 
and scoring 14 times. He joined Arsenal from a Premier League club. He's still in the Premier League, but not as a player. He has played in Spain, France, Scotland and England. And he's one of only 18 men to have ever won the FA Cup, both as a player and a manager. Oh, what, Mikel Arteta? Mikel, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face like, who the fuck are you talking about? So, so there you go, some, some crazy names to hear there that were from that famous 3-2 victory over Hull. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was. At, I watched that game at the Emirates on the on the big screen. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Do you know that's, what? It is, it is ten a, minutes. It was a good atmosphere. Oh yeah, I thought. Oh well, this has gone well. Yeah. Let's get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would have afterwards, you know. Yeah. What a great, what a great game in the end. But uh, there we go. Right. So that was a bit of fun. Now down to the more serious stuff. But the serious stuff is still fun as well because. We'll talk about the Arsenal-Newcastle game. We eventually won 2-0, having uh, gone into extra time. Um, But first of all, I guess pre-game, the big news was that Martinelli had gone down injured in training, hadn't he? Yeah. In in the warm-up, sorry, not in training, in the warm-up. Which I think every Arsenal fan was thinking, oh God, here we go again, we're going to lose him forever. Yeah, it looked awkward, didn't it? Uh, I don't know if you've seen the the footage of it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was worried for him. Especially only just coming back, you know, he's not had a a chance to sort of get fit again, really, Mm. and have a good go in the side. Yeah, and he's done well in the short time he's been back. He has, yeah. It makes you think, oh, God, this is a player. You forget just how good he is. Everyone knew he was good, but... um, yeah, that was worrying. But there, that's been an update from the club today. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen an official update, but I heard it was fairly good news, was it? Yes, or... yes. So apparently he turned his right ankle during the warm-up against Newcastle, uh, but he has progressed very well, and they're hoping that he will return to full training with the squad in the next few days. Right. So um, they probably won't put him into a full 90 just to protect him for a bit longer, but at least he's not having to have any flipping operations and... Yeah, back to square one basically. Because was, yeah. was it his knee that was? Yeah, it was. Yeah, just come back from, wasn't it? Yeah. So his um, his ankle, uh, and sometimes your, your ankle. I don't know if you've ever done that, you know, rolled it basically. No, oh, yeah. Oh, just just hurts. getting out of bed these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard you're going to be back in training and, and back to work. Uh, you know, very soon. So. Yeah. You'll be all right. Right. Talk to me about Newcastle. Um, Obviously, Martinelli, as I say, went off injured. But uh, uh, do you want to talk about the starting lineup? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. sure. Um, obviously, Martinelli being left out at that point, uh, Reese Nelson replaced him. Yeah. Uh, who sort of, you know, disappeared off the face of the planet. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he was thrown back into it. Um, what did you think of his performance? I thought, apart from shot inside the first minute or so I thought he was pretty anonymous yeah I think um it wasn't a great game to be honest it wasn't um it wasn't a great game but I felt like we had the bulk of the chances and controlled it but for Reese Nelson I I I see so much potential in him but he's got to start to unlock it sometime soon 
Otherwise, he's not yeah. going to get many other chances. I, I feel for him in a way because you're never going to get consistency in your game if you're only doing 10 minutes here, half an hour there, whatever. So, I, I, you know, I feel for him in that respect. And he must be doing something in training that Arteta sees and thinks, you're good enough. But uh, we'll, we'll come on to it in in the sort of latter part of the show when we talk transfers. But I do think he could do with a loan away from Arsenal. I have to agree. I, I think uh, maybe not even the Premier League side, but just regular a, football. At a regular level. football, yeah. You know, 90 minutes every week. It can only do him good. And yeah. we finally, we could see the player that we all, a lot of people think he, he is. Yeah. And let's be honest, he went to Hoffenheim, didn't he? We've mentioned it before in the Bundesliga season before last. And yeah. it was like the first 10 games, he absolutely ripped it up. He was amazing. And it, died, it sort of tailed off after that. But there's a player in there, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I, I just, like you say, he needs that consistent run of games to, to get any sort of form going. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just run through the rest of the lineup because I've got issue with you know, one or two bits. Okay. Uh, so Leno in goal, and we did debate previously, didn't we, in the in the previous episode, will he play Leno in goal or will he go with Runarsson, given it's a mm. cup game? And I was I was pleased to see that Leno started. Tell about you. I'm pretty sure you're the same. Yeah, I don't see the point of changing it, really. Yeah. And also, I think they've come out and pretty much said Renarsson was signed as a third choice. So we're actively looking for a second choice goalkeeper. Yeah, they're, they're looking at that goalkeeping situation, aren't they? Uh, and seeing what they can do about it. Yeah. Uh, at the back, we had Cedric at right back, David Luiz and Mari in the middle, and Kieran Tierney on the left. And... I'm really sorry to say this, but I just don't see how Cedric gets in at right back ahead of Ainsley Maitland-Niles. To me, he offers very little from an attacking sense, anyway. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I'm confused by the uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles' lack of game time at the moment. I have to say, they had the opportunity to sell him in the summer. Um, Arteta seemed to be quite keen to keep him around and, and persuaded him to stay. And he's he's barely played. He, yeah. sort of, he gets the games in the Europa League and the odd cup game, but yeah. I, Do you think he sees him as a squad player as opposed to a potential future starter? Right. Yeah, he must do. His problem is his versatility, similar to the Ox when he was at Arsenal. Yeah. You know, when you don't have a nailed on position, people think I'll keep you because you're a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's, nothing never, wrong with, there's nothing wrong with being that player. There's not, but you never master a position. You never, you, you never kind of in a nice way, pigeonholed into being a right back or a centre mid or whatever. So people kind of keep you as cover because that's not your, mm. your, your main position. I don't know. I just don't see the point. And then if we move on to midfield, so we had Willock, now Nenny in the middle, uh, Pepe and William, um, and Martinelli, and then Aubameyang up, up top. I think that was the plan, anyway. Um, and again, Willock. I don't know if you saw much of him that you thought Ooh, that was good, but he's had quite a few opportunities of late. I know he's done well in the Europa League, but again, it's another one where you think surely Maitland-Niles is ahead of Willock in the pecking order. 
he's older than him for starters, so he's got more experience and, and probably better game management. And I know you have to give these youth players a chance, but Premier League opposition, I don't know. Again, it was just another one where I thought, I'm not sure. And again, yeah. there's a new blind time. We'll come on to that in a bit. But Yeah, I'm not sure about Joe Willock. I uh, didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was bad. But again, it's uh, he's one another one where he's quite versatile as well, mm. I think. And he hasn't got a position nailed down. You know, it's it's in midfield, but is it attacking midfield or, uh, or yeah, deep line or yeah, yeah, like it seems obvious to me because he breaks into the he's a box to box, you know, he gets into the opposition box uh, and scores goals and and he's you know fairly adept at tracking back as well. Yeah, um, you know, but is he Arsenal? Is he Arsenal quality of that? That's the difference. He can do it, but is he Arsenal quality? For, well, for me personally, no, mm. he's not. He's not, and I don't think he will be. Yeah. Um, and maybe now's a, a pertinent time to mention it, that we, we put a, a note out on Twitter. Um, was it last week? I'm running out, running out of... Um, I can't remember when it was. It must have been last week. But we put a, a tweet out, didn't we? It basically said... Uh, loan, sell or keep uh, and then we had Enketia, Reese Nelson and Joe Willock didn't we? Yeah um, and I'm going to look for some and just randomly read some out because people were kind enough to respond to us um, so here's, here's five at random Okay. at, at Nelly Saka says sell Enketia loan Willock and in brackets, he puts probably to a gym to work on his physical ability. Has to be more like Vieira. Uh, and keep Nelson. Uh, at AFC Armchair says, sell Willock, loan Nelson, keep Nketiah. Uh, at P underscore FSE Fadzadi or something like that says, uh, keep Nelson, loan Willock, sell Nketiah. Uh, and we'll throw, we'll throw another one in there. Ian Topping, who's at I5 and a load of numbers, says keep Nketiah, loan Nelson, sell Willock. Or, he says, sell all three and buy Grealish. I still think we wouldn't have enough money. Um, no, I, I don't either. But, I mean, we had we had an amazing response to, to, to that tweet, didn't we? Um, people feel quite strongly about it. What's your view? If you had to do one or the other to, you know, those three, what would... What would what would you do? Certainly for the rest of this season, if it was going to be in the Jan- January transfer window, what would you do? Well, as uh, Martinelli's injuries, not as bad. That kind of helps make a decision, I think, a bit. And look, if there's interest in Eddie and Ketia, now could be the time to sell him. Yeah, he's been linked with West Ham, hasn't he? At he has. You know, if they genuinely want to stump up between 20 and 30 million, I think, take it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like the kids and, you know, he's got that knack for, for grabbing goals, but he's, other than the the Europa League, he's not uh, getting much game time, I think. He's behind a Bamiang, he's a behind Lacazette. With and as Mart- a striker, yeah, he's probably behind Martinelli as well. You're right. Yeah, um, 
but even if you you're switching Martinelli out to the left, and you know that puts Aubameyang back into the middle, doesn't it? Mm. <sighs> and of course, he's in this battle of the youths with uh, Fuller and Belogan, who again we'll talk about transfers in a moment. But his transfer contract situation is kind of up in the air because he's probably thinking, well, what game time am I going to get? Um, and so maybe selling Nketiah will make him think, right, well, there's a spot there and I can I can work my way into the team via that. But yeah. Uh, okay, so you're saying you'd sell Nketiah? I am, yeah. Okay, and then with the other two? Uh, can I sell Willock as well? Do what you want, mate. <laughs> <laughs> three wishes. Uh, that's that's the only issue. I don't really want to keep any of them. I guess if you're loaning someone, you're keeping them, right? Yeah, yeah. If you loan them, you're going to get them back. But take those rose-tinted, rose-tinted glasses off. You know, this is for the long-term benefit of the player and, and the club. Okay, right. At this moment in time, I think we don't have a huge amount of options in central midfield. You know, so I would keep Joe Willock for the rest of this season. Okay. Uh, and I would loan Reese Nelson out without hesitation this January. Go out, get get the rest of the season, get some game time. There's a player in there we you know we both think there could be. So that's the only way we're going to find out. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He needs more game time, doesn't he? Although yeah. he was he was linked with a loan away, and he he said I don't want it. I want to fight for my place. I don't if you remember that. Um, in in the summer. In the summer, yeah, and that's not really worth yeah, it. Yeah, but he must be—he must be thinking now, surely. Yeah. You know, where, where am I? When am I going to play? Yeah, I think for me, I would probably cash in on Anketia as well, and promote Belogan to taking this spot, and give him a chance, because I think this has to work two ways, you know. But Logan kind of needs to prove his worth. It's all right saying, yeah, I've smashed it at youth level and he's a, he's a fantastic prospect, but kind of needs to prove it a little bit as well. So whilst Arsenal do want to keep him, you know, you have to walk the walk, don't you? But this is an opportunity for him. So if we sold him Ketia, that would be, I guess, a problem solver for that. Yeah, and, and he as well, you know, apparently he wants to stay and the manager wants to keep him. Yeah, he looks yeah. good, you know, and it's not good to lose a player on a free either, is it? No. But, no. You know, we I think as a fan base, you know, with the rose tinted glasses on, we get worked up about losing a player. Mm. Uh, but you know, for me, for every Serge Nabry that leaves, there's a Benikafobi, a Sanchez Watt, a Gedeon Zelalem, and a Tuba Akpom. Yeah. That balances that out, you know. Yeah. I yeah. think it's very rare that you're going to get that one sort of a top level. Yeah. It's rare someone leaves Arsenal and has a better career elsewhere than they do at Arsenal. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, okay. I, I would I would loan Reese Nelson. And Joe Willock's the real difficult one for me. I would be willing to either sell or loan him if we could replace him with something better in January. You know? I think I think he gives us something that we haven't really got anywhere else in the squad. Goals from midfield. But do, yeah, yeah. But if you could replace him for someone that does that but better, 
Oh yeah, without then you, 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 again you tell him, wouldn't you? So um, okay, I mean we've gone off on a tangent there, but from from the Newcastle game, Joe Willett getting in ahead of um, Maitland Niles for me, I don't know, just seemed a bit uh, seemed a bit flat. I don't know, and, he, and the and the problem is with the people like Reese Nelson and um, Joe Willett, they need to grasp the opportunity, and they didn't, and that's. The, I guess the damning thing for them because they're running out of time, games, and I guess opportunity, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, so okay, so that was the starting lineup. Um, overall performance, though, what did you think? I As thought the first half was short of any real quality. I think you know Newcastle were quite boring. Yeah. Uh, didn't really commit players forward, did they? Um, we had a lot of the ball, struggled to break them down, had a couple of chances, half chances. I think Aubameyang had a shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but not much else, was there? No, it was uh, it was quite flat as a, as a spectacle as the whole game, really. I mean, as I say, we had the better of the chances. We had the better of the um, control of possession. Um and I kind of felt like something was going to come, but it never, it never did. You know, you thought, oh, I might sneak a one nil here. I mean, they they did have one very, very good chance, didn't they? That, yeah. that fell to uh, Andy Carroll, yeah. who um, looks a better centre back than he does a centre forward. If I'm being <laughs> honest, good at clearances, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Burnt Leno, take a bow. Yeah. Uh, that that was a good sort of double treble save. I it think. was. The first save's good. Strong hands, but that palm away for me when he comes running back in for the follow-up is brilliant. Good reactions. Yeah, and bravery. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, I think on on Leno, he's he's, uh, slowly winning over the... We should have kept Martinez band. uh, Yeah, I think think so. People, He's just been quiet and consistent, hasn't he? Especially these last few games where when you're winning... Your goalkeeper is always out of the firing line, I guess, isn't he? So um, he's very efficient, very German. Yeah, very good, very good. Um, but yeah, you're right. Actually, that there was that triple save, and also Andy Carroll did have another opportunity, didn't he? he where did, he put yeah. the ball across the face of goal. Um, everyone kind of held a breath, and then I think he thought, "Oh, I was offside, so it didn't matter." But it turned out he was very much onside, um, so it would have counted. So we did yeah. kind of ride our luck a little bit, but just looking at the stats here, I mean, 61% possession of the game. We had 25 shots to their 12, uh, eight corners, uh, one red card that was rescinded, yeah. and uh, two yellow cards. Which what I think did you make of that? One of those. Uh, well, that was the big talking point of the game, wasn't it? Um, it was a strange one because the Newcastle player, I forget who it was, Longstaff, I think it was, Matty Longstaff, went down and the scream was you know unreal uh like i don't know someone had shot him in the bollocks uh it was and that i guess is is what kind of played on the referee's decision making a bit as well yeah it must have influenced him a bit it didn't look much of a i mean emil smith rowe was kind of on the floor as well almost when he put his foot out so there couldn't have been that much sort of force going no, into it no um, 
I wonder if he thought his studs were showing and that's why he made Possibly. that. Possibly. And obviously you've got to think it's in real time, isn't it? Yeah, real think, time, different angle. But uh, it's, it's one of those opportunities where, or situations rather, where VAR actually worked for what it was meant to. Because, yeah. as you say, it's falling back as he's making the challenge and he sort of goes to kick with the the laces of his boot is the only thing I can really describe it as against Matty Longstaff's shin. Mm. Um, but the only thing was that made me think, oh, maybe it is a red card before we'd seen that VAR incident was he's standing there with his hands on his head like, oh, shit, what have I done? Almost guilty. I don't know if you, you saw that. But... Yeah, I mean, you can see why he was worried. Uh, obviously, sticking your foot out and looking like you were a little bit out of control. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, the, the right de- it was the right decision to, to change it to a yellow. Um, yeah. And it's about time VAR sort of started going our way. It is. It is. But, you know, it's not a lucky one. It it was used in the right way and we got yeah. the benefit of it. It's funny, actually, you and I were talking, weren't we, just before we started recording uh, about Mikel Arteta's uh, interviews of late mm, yeah. and some of the stupid questions that he gets asked. Right. And, and it reminded me, actually, I was watching the post-match interview for this game just after this, um, uh, so just before this um, recording. And one of the one of the um, journalists said to him, Mikel, have you ever been involved in a match where a player's got a red card and then it was taken back and he scored the winner? Or something stupid like that. And I thought, you know he fucking hasn't, you know, but he's only been uh, a manager for a year. <laughs> it's just, oh god, just some of the, just some of the idiotic questions. It really grates on you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, it was red card. It was rescinded. He came back and uh, turned out to be because he was substitute in as well, wasn't he? He was a substitute. Yeah. Turned out to be a good change because he scored. Um, I guess what was going to turn out to be the, the goal that sets on our way to the victory. Yeah. Um, do you remember much about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, Newcastle centre-back, I think it's Kieran Clark, uh, sort of loses control of the ball a little bit, but yeah. uh, Emil Smith-Rowe jumps on it, um, wins it back, plays it to Saka, who clips it uh, forward to Lacazette. Uh, who does really well to win that header, I thought, and flick yeah. it on. Yeah. Uh, and Emil Smith-Rowe, you know, as soon as he wins it and passes it, he's moving again. Mm. You know, he's on his way. He misses out that second pass into the box. It's great control with his chest. First time finish. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Um, really tidy finish. Really tidy. You know, in it, it did remind me of another goal uh, by someone. Yeah, um, I don't know if you remember against Bournemouth, maybe last, not last season, but maybe the season before. Meza Özil. <laughs> yes, vaguely. he plays plays a little one-two on the edge of the area, gets you know inside, chest sit down, and and a nice tidy finish. It, it yeah. was very, very similar, but look, he's going. Emil Smith uh, rose the future. Yeah, uh, very and much he, present at the moment. Well, yeah, the present. Yeah, and he's he stepped up, and he, you know, he'll be. I'm sure he'll be starting the next match. Yeah, against Palace, um, and rightly so. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's definitely a player that we've needed 
my worry with him and probably with others is his injuries because mm-hmm. he has suffered from injury. So it's just a case of we, we, of course, we definitely need more creativity in our team, and to to lay it all on him is is you know going to be a bit silly. So I think uh, we'll end up bringing other players in, and that will limit some of his more recent game time, but it'll be to his long term benefit in the end if it keeps him fit, healthy, and um, you know, and he continues to learn and evolve as a player. So brilliant goal, brilliant finish, and. I didn't about you, but again, it was another one of those sort of punch the air moments. Like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't believe it. Great girl. Probably the most exciting thing to actually happen in the game up till. Yeah, and I was, I was really happy for him as well to get his goal. Yeah, yeah, especially because they're against West Brom, he had that shot that hit. Um, hit the post. Did he hit the post? Yeah, he hit the post. Came back out to. Uh, well, so he that- didn't. The, the defender hit the post, but then he hit the defender, didn't he? Right, yeah. And then it fell to Lacker, and Lacker put it away. So I thought, oh, he's going to score. Oh, he didn't. So for him to get his goal at last is is great. And again, we said it before, goals breed goals, don't they? So mm. hopefully that's the first of, of many more. Um, so that was great. And then 2-0, not long later, 117th minute. Um, Aubameyang sort of breaks his mini drought, which is which is great. Um yeah, he looks happy to do it, um, which is nice to see because he's looked pretty miserable of late. He has. Uh, he has. Yeah, again, surprised really that he, not surprised because we obviously we we weren't winning the game, but you know the fact that he's still playing in the 116th minute uh, in yeah. a cup match just shows uh, that he you know he he, he can do it and he wants mm. to, to stay on the pitch as long as possible uh, and you know the other guy obviously Kieran Tierney KT uh, you think when's he going to get a rest yeah. Um, yeah especially now we've we've sort of shipped out uh, Kolasinac yeah that that is a bit of a worry for me but he he, he seems like one of those players that you couldn't tell <laughs> yeah, you having a rest. So you having a rest? What? No, no chance. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll keep playing, mate. That um, he seems that type, um, which is fine, as long as he knows his limits. I'm, sh- you know, I think we sort of tiptoe a little bit around. Oh, well, this player needs a rest. He's he's only this age. He, he needs a rest. But come on, they they should be able to play thirty eight to fifty games a season. Yeah, yeah, easy. They're yeah. athletes, and I mean, so you run out of words to describe how how good he is. You know, he's so consistent, just bosses that left side, and um, what can you say? A great cross and a, and a nice tidy finish. But you know, credit has to go to, to Shaka, Shaka, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, definitely. It's a lovely little pass through the defence. Yeah, yeah. We've you know we've called him out plenty of times. Uh, on this pod but in fairness to him Xhaka came on and that's kind of controlled the game so much better and and it's a phrase that we've used a few times this season but you've got to have the right tools for different jobs and I, I guess for this job he was that right tool because we weren't really making the mm. progress and the control in midfield and um, I also think since he's come back into the team after his suspension that he has looked a bit better and he's been passing it forward a lot more and yeah. whether that's something he's been sort of told you know you need to start doing this so yeah but yeah yeah he's doing it so he did he did well 
the other player I was going to call out was David Luiz. Obviously been out for a little right, while. Yeah. Came back. Some great. Well, I, th- I thought he did well. Yeah. You know, man, Andy Carroll's not an easy man to defend against. Strong, tall. I know he doesn't score a load of goals these days, but he's still, he, he's always involved in their attacking activity and uh, you never know what might come from a drop down from one of his headers. I thought Luiz dealt with him relatively well. And yeah. the, the thing you notice with Luiz better than the Marin Holden maybe not so much Gabriel, but he's, he's a bit better. It's his distribution from the back to sort of spray those long balls to a few times Pepe and Aubameyang running onto them on the last man. Um, mm. You know, if the pitch had been a couple of yards longer, they'd have got onto them and, and properly cleaned through. So yeah, where where do you stand at this moment in time on at the end of the season, his contract's up, we just spoke about that. Would you offer him another year? On less wages and on the basis that he knows he'd probably be a squad player. Only, only if if we don't manage to sign anyone else, I, I would suggest. Yeah. Uh, I think I think you need a core of five centre backs. Yeah. So you've got your two left sided, your two right sided, and then a backup to those. Yeah. Which potentially it could be him, but I think it's probably going to be William Saliba. I something about. Do you think he might go out on loan again? I think he, he could go out on loan again. Saliba? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it all depends on how his season goes with uh, Nice. Well, he's uh, man, man of the match this week in his second he was. game. Yeah, he was. Uh, time will tell. Time will tell on that one. I think uh, he may well come back next season, and if he plays, it will be Europa League if we make it. Uh, and <laughs> Yeah you know, League Cup, FA Cup type stuff. I don't think he'll necessarily play in the Prem just yet. Who knows? Who knows? But on the David Luiz point, played uh, well. Everyone yeah. loves him for his positivity and yeah. the, the youngsters look up to him and, and, you know, he's always encouraging and he's 33. He's going to be 34 in April. And although he's only been with Arsenal for a short period of time, I feel like he's got a real love for the club. Yeah. Uh, uh, and... I could see him doing a per Mertesacker, if I'm honest, and sort of seeing out the rest of his career here. Bit part could you really? Player. Yeah, bit part player and having some involvement in the youth setup. You know, Freddie's gone. There is that onus maybe on wanting to bring through players that have played for the club through to team staff uh, yeah. positions. And I just think he's got that nurturing way about him that uh, I could see it. I don't know if it will happen or not. He may well leave. Yeah, my worry is tomorrow, maybe, maybe he clashes with Arteta a bit too much. Yeah. Because he is a big personality and, you know. He is, but I don't think Arteta would have kept him on if he felt, you know, it was very, it was very shaky, wasn't it? Was it Was it not he had that awful appearance against Man City? Yeah, like, uh, but I, I I do think that we sort of had plans to get other players out of the club and obviously he was one of the ones that we wanted to keep hold of. Yeah. Uh, we ended up with all these centre-backs. Look, I think if we don't, we are looking to sign a right-sided centre-back in the summer. Mm. Uh, if we don't manage to do it, yeah, yeah why not? Worst option to keep, yeah. yeah. True. Um, all right, well, that was that. Um some quick stats for you, because you know I love a stat. Uh, Arsenal have progressed from 24 of the last 25 FA Cup 
third round ties. Do you remember who we lost to in the 17-18 season? Uh, I don't know. A championship team. Really? I yeah, don't you, know. You remember it when you hear it. Nottingham Forest. Don't you remember that game that we lost? No, no. I don't. Wipe it from your memory. I did. Um, good lad. <laughs> uh, a couple of others. Since his first appearance of the season on the 26th of November, Emil Smith-Rowe has been directly involved in six goals for Arsenal in all competitions. Uh, two actual goals and four assists. Only Lacazette with six goals and one assist has been involved in more for the Gunners at that time. But, I mean, that in itself is an amazing stat. It just shows what he contributes to the team. And I think I mentioned last week or the week before, I see the way he moves around the pitch, I see him in a very much a Jack Grealish kind of mould, even with the low even with the low socks, because he doesn't really wear his, uh, his socks. Yeah. He could be a huge, huge player for us for many a season. So, mm. some, some good numbers there. Um uh, and another one contributing is we mentioned Kieran Tierney. He's had three goal involvements, which is one goal and two assists in the last two games, um, having created nothing in his first 20 appearances for the club uh, this season. So, uh, and he created six chances against Newcastle. So that that left side, well and truly looked after by him. Um, so that's that. Uh, right. Shall we talk quickly about? The Crystal Palace game that we've got coming up. It's a midweek game. It's this Thursday, 8 o'clock. Um, Gabriel is available, apparently, mm-hmm. for that game on Thursday. Thomas Partey's being assessed, uh, but he has been in full training all of last week, I believe, and this week. Uh, we drew twice against Palace last season. A two-all game at home, Socrates and David Luiz scoring. Uh, and one all away where Orba scored and then he also got sent off in that same game. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of change in the team recently because of injuries, either enforced or, or otherwise. But who can you see maybe starting for that game? I can see a little bit of rotation. Uh, I think Pablo Mari's been brilliant since he's come into the side. But again, been out with injury before before that for quite a while so it might be wise to give him a rest and, and seeing as like Crystal Palace have quite a fair bit of uh, pace with Zaha and Townsend yeah. and Benteke yeah. uh, with the physicality as well well yeah so maybe Gabriel you know would yeah. probably come back Six. into the to line up I think with Holding yeah um, that's that interesting game. as well because I'm thinking the same you know, Holding ahead of Louise now based on his yeah, of I'd say he hasn't done anything wrong to to not be, but yeah. you know David Luiz did play well against Newcastle, didn't yeah. he? So it's good. It's the, it's the that's the competition you want, isn't it? People pushing each other like we're yeah. fighting for our we're yeah. fighting for our spots and not necessarily that complacency. I don't want to single them out as we've seen to every see, uh, every every match, but there was a period of time where Willian was picked no matter how well or poorly he played in this first part of the season where maybe he even got a bit complacent and thought don't matter I'll play the next game I'll, I'll just do something then I feel like uh, the team has changed so much in personnel and form recently that people are thinking I need to perform well to get a, to get a place um, and as you say I, I agree with you I think Gab- Gabriel should come in and Mari deserves a rest but he's done brilliantly mm. 
Yeah. I think we'll, uh, we'll probably start with Lacazette through the middle as well. Yeah. Uh, up front uh, with Aubameyang on one side and well, he's going to be on the other side. That's, uh, I'd, I'd like to say Saka, I'd have thought. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, it, it'll be Saka, won't it? Um, Willard and Pepe didn't do much uh, sort of given the chance again. You think, are they going to step up? Uh, I thought Pepe did okay. He tried, you know, he tried to make things happen. He had shots; they weren't, they didn't quite come off. He did play some good passes and some couple of good crosses. But I thought he did okay. It just it didn't happen for him. But William, <laughs> what, what an absolute disaster of a signing he has turned into. Well, and also, uh, you know, some of those questions that the. Um journalists were asking after after the uh, Newcastle game were saying what's going on with Willian you know and Mikel Artes came out and said well you know he had some good moments in this game and some moments that he needed a bit more help with but yeah we'll keep persisting with him yeah you know I don't know if that's blind faith or he's just backing his man I think the fact that he's got a three-year contract and he's on a lot every you know his weekly wage is quite high we have to persist with him, you yeah. Know, unless they come to some sort of point uh, during the summer where they all sort of sit down and say, "Look, this is not working," and all parties agree on it, and it's amicable, and it might be easy to 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 move him on. Yeah. But if if he wants to just hang about and earn his wage, and he's happy to do that, I'm not. You know, I mean, he could well be. You know, we're stuck with a player that. On high wages, that's not performing. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, isn't performing and doesn't. I can't see where how where you know I can't see where it's going to change. Really, yeah, unless he gets a goal soon, and and it's just been down to confidence. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really interested to see if he does get a goal, how he's going to react. You know, because you can tell by someone's celebration, I think. How they actually feel about yes, things? Absolutely. You know? Will it be relief? Will it be passionate? Yeah. Will it be? Oh well, yeah. Scored a I goal. Think, High five. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think you'll have almost. I don't. I've never really seen him as a scream and shouting type of player, but I have seen him do it. If that makes sense, it's a contradiction, but I've seen him do it. But he, he comes across as quite shy and, and quiet. Yeah. I think he'll just be one of. He'll score a goal and. Like you say, high five his his colleagues, his players. I don't think he'll run the length of the pitch like screaming how happy he is. And maybe that's because the fans are not around at the moment. It kind of takes away that emotion a little bit. I'm not sure, but yeah, but the fans have a presence online more than they ever have. Yeah, you know, and you can't avoid it. Yeah, he he yeah. must know. He must be surely he's frustrated with his own performances. You know, yeah. he, he he must have his pride must be hurting because well, he, he's not doing it, is he? He's not he's doing, not doing it. Yeah. No, no. Um, he, do you know what he reminds me of, Willian? Yeah, he, he reminds me of uh, like when you buy a a secondhand designer coat from a charity shop, <laughs> right? Right. So you think, oh yes. It's a Burberry Mac, you know. It's it's in a charity shop, so it's that's like 
cheap as chips. Yeah. So but, I've got myself a bargain. But then you get it home, doesn't fit properly, and the buttons are falling off. <laughs> yeah. And then you start with a designer coat. Yeah, that no one wants. That no one wants. Yeah, that's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. Thanks. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true, I guess, isn't it? As well. Analogy of the week. Analogy of the week. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a theme here, isn't there? Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see whether he makes it or not. Um, I think you know. Arteta's love child. He's definitely got a, a chance. So we'll see. Um, but Palace themselves are on a bit of a, a, a funny run, really. They lost 1-0 to Wolves uh, in the FA Cup at the weekend. Um, prior to that, they beat Sheffield United 2-0. But um, before that, you know, one all with Crystal... That's uh, one all with Crystal Palace. It's just Crystal Palace. One all with Leicester City. They lost 3-0 to Villa. They lost 7-0 to Liverpool. They drew one all with uh west ham uh they drew one all with crystal uh, i've done it again with tottenham so uh you know they're definitely beatable but i do think they are one of our bogey teams over recent seasons um and hopefully our good form can can sort of take us through and get those three points because a a Mm. win will take us into the top half of the table as well yeah well what a turnaround so um We'll see. Do you want to throw out a little prediction? I think we'll we will win this one. Uh, like you say, their form's you know a bit patchy. Um, yeah, I, I think we've got enough. The confidence is high. We're on a roll. Yeah, another win. Two nil. Okay, I'm gonna go for a two-one win. I think Zaha yeah. will try and prove a point. Oh well, he always does well against us, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and uh, Townsend always, you know, experts always tries, don't he? So um, good. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll review that next week. Uh, now we have got some listener questions, so let's run through some of those, and then we can quickly talk about transfer targets because obviously it's transfer window time. Just talking about experts. Yeah. I don't know if you saw uh, Crawley Town versus Leeds United at the weekend. Yes. Yes. Obviously, Crawley, you know, being in the lower leagues, they beat um, Leeds 3-0. They did. Um, what absolute shithousery to bring on Towie's Mark Wright <laughs> <laughs> against the Premier League side. I did in see that. the 91st minute. Yeah. I mean, it's farcical, I think, and, and just a bit of a publicity stunt, but... Well, he's, I don't know, he's, he's quite a good player though, isn't he? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he looks good in in when he's up against Piers Morgan in the charity World yes. Eleven. Yeah, true, true. Um, well, we'll see. Um, is he? Is he? It was released from Spurs as a kid, was it? Was yeah, yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. Getting to it, yeah. Um, I don't know, but hey, I'm glad he's lost. It's another Premier League team out of the way for us. Did you say we've got questions? We have got questions, yes. Right. Rattle through them then, because I'm on some low battery. Oh, okay, let's go. Uh, this one, <laughs> this is quite funny. Uh, this is from Ashish Shetty, who's at Ashish8782. Uh, he says, who's better? Right, we'll rattle through these, because there's a list of players. Right, yeah. Who's better, Willian or Gallas? Oh, God, that's a tough one. Come on. Gallas, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Willian or Andre Santos? 
Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, he's proved the point here, hasn't he? Andre Santos was absolute pants. He was garbage. He still, yeah. he still scored a goal against Chelsea, didn't he? He did. He did. Uh, I always thought he looked like a, I don't know, a guy that's been up too late doing online gambling and drinking too much. But yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, a few more. Willian or Lucas Perez? Oh, Lucas Perez. Mate, that's underrated. An He's so underrated. Uh, Willian or Park Chu Young? <laughs> Park Chu Young. Uh, l- last Even two. he scored one goal in the League Cup. It came out in your little quiz, didn't it, not so long ago? It uh, Willian or Marouane Shamak? Oh, that's an easy one, Shamak. And finally, Willian or David Bentley, ex-Spurs, I just want to throw in there. Uh, Willian. Yeah, thank you. Okay, good. Thanks for that question. Uh, we are going to rattle through these because you are low, low battery and we've got still quite a bit to talk about. Uh, Scott Borg, who's at SM underscore Borg, says, moving forward, who do you see as our starting centre-back pairing? Do you want, uh, no, he doesn't say that. Do you go with the pair in form? being holding a Murray or reintroduce Gabriel. Uh, you know, we, you've said before different tools, different jobs. Yeah. I think with the pace that Palace have, I think Gabriel should probably come back in for this game. With and, and to be fair, it, it was him and holding that were doing a pretty good job before, before yeah. that. I think on paper, they're probably our number one sort of starting centre-back pairing aren't they um, okay thanks for that Scott uh, Stephen at Cannon Chatter he says uh, oh, we might have to save this one for next week if we're low on time but he says we're almost halfway through the season and whilst we won't win the league this year we have to keep making changes to the squad if you want to win it going forward with that in mind run through the squad and tell us who you would keep and sell no room for sentiment Um can we do that next week? Let's do that next week. Stephen will definitely do that because that's a great question. And actually, it will give us a week's worth of homework to look into it. Yeah. And say, keep, actually, in fact, we could base a lot of our episode next week on that because, uh, you know, prime time January transfer. So, yes, let's definitely talk that. Thank you. Um, Artessary, who's at George Hulu, uh, friend of the show. He says, uh, well, he makes two good points, actually. The first one, we need a left-back cover for Tierney. And I'm at a loss as to why we let go of Kolasinac when we hadn't really thought of replacing him yet. A point yeah. you mentioned earlier, he does need a rest. Um, so, I don't know. I, I do wonder if that might be a position that we hold out until the summer, if I'm honest, and we just play Maitland-Niles or uh, Saka. Yeah, Cedric. Or, or Cedric, there, yeah. apparently. But I do agree. We do definitely need a left-back. Uh, Gabriel, you know, played yeah, uh, played yeah. for Lille uh, left back quite a few times, so yeah. maybe that's an option. Or oh, if we really want to rest, it, we play three centre backs at the back, and then Saka yeah. does play more of that left wing back role. Yeah. But he also says, considering the way Willian has performed below par, true, in the number ten role, wouldn't it be ideal to give Catalin and Cortel a try in the number ten? We really needed to give Emil a break, and Willie never worked out. I don't know if they're too youthful. I'm, I'm, they're too youth, aren't they? I think. I'm right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if they're. That's too much of a jump. And hopefully, if we address that position in the uh, upcoming window or the window, window that we're in now, um, hopefully that will make a bit of a difference for us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's gone quiet on the creative midfielder front. I think um, 
sort of transfer wise, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to happen with Buendia, if I'm honest. No. Uh, it looks like they want too much money for him, basically. Uh, and we ain't got any money. So that's that. Uh, and do you know what? I've got a feeling there were some other questions, but I can't find them. So uh, I'm lying. Here they are. Here they are. Uh, a few more for you. So Chirano, who's at Chirano, says Cronky Sports Entertainment portfolio of clubs shows a severe lack of success across all franchises. One, are we happy to be owned by such a company? Two, can we see a time where we would be under new owners? Three, would David Dean be welcome back? Do you want to take those three? I think David Dean would be welcome back. By uh, the fans, but... By... Yeah, but I don't think he, he'd probably want to come back now. No. At his age, um, he's been away for so long mm. as well. Do you yeah. think we'll ever get uh, Let's look forward. Else? Let's look forward. Yeah. Could you see a time when we're bought out by someone else, or would this be a cronky lifetime oh, thing? Go to Josh, Josh, and give it to someone else, and, or would they take a quick buck on it? I mean, they've had the chance to make money on it because they've had suitors. Yeah, I no, I can't see it to be honest. Same, same. Okay, thank you for that one, uh, Williams, who's at Ensars ends what? I didn't really get that, but thanks, dude. He says, why Why did we sign William? I'm going to take that. Because he was free and he's been good for Chelsea in the past. Uh, you know, that that's the bottom line, I think. I don't know if you think otherwise, Diddley. Yeah, pretty much. The, you know, we saw a designer coat and... <laughs> and the buttons have fallen off, but it looked better than it actually was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Octoguna, who's at Octoguna, says, what do you think about our younger... Uh, players, I think that's meant to miss a word there, dude. Uh, who lately become fringe players such as Willock, Reese, and Ketia, and Ainsley Maitland Niles loan them out or move them permanently? Well, we've covered that already. Yeah. I think the only one is Ainsley Maitland Niles. We didn't really make a decision on whether we keep or or loan or sell him. Somebody was linked with them. Was it Atletico Madrid recently linked with them, weren't they? Yeah, Kieran Trippier has uh, got a 10 match ban, hasn't he? For, yeah, uh, Gam gambling uh, irregularities yeah um, uh, yeah so they were sniffing they were interested in Ainsley uh, whether that goes down to the wire or, or anything happens I'm not sure yeah yeah okay last few here uh, Omar Rekic it's not actually Omar Rekic but he's at Omar Rekic 10 he's just signed for Arsenal of course he says my worries are about Balogun as much as he's so demanding Oh, in as much as he's so demanding. What's your take on him leaving for free? Do you support his thoughts on demanding a hundred grand a week wages? That's way too high. I've not heard that figure banded no, about. I haven't. It seems quite high. Yeah, for a kid that's done nothing. So uh, I wouldn't want him to leave on a free, but I wouldn't be held to ransom by a club. Uh, to the club held to ransom by a player that's got loads no. to prove he can be throwing his weight around like that. And if he, true. He, He's had offers uh, on the table, hasn't he? And, you know, he's turned them down so far. Yeah. Um, if they can find a solution. But it's looking lightly now he's going to go abroad, isn't it, I think? Yes. Heavily VFB Stuttgart. Yeah, we said it's not great business when you lose one of your star young 
players like that. Um, but he might not turn out to be a great loss. You know, yeah. you just don't know. He, he could turn into a Serge Nabriri. He could turn into a Benikafobi. Yeah, true. Okay, thanks for that. And the last one is from Ruyari Krishulo, who is uh, at Ruyari underscore T-A-I-C. He says, are we worried that there's little movement in the transfer window? I'm glad Emil Smith-Rowe will get his chances, but if he gets injured, his record isn't great, we're fucked. Without him against Newcastle, we were dead, which is true. We'd kind of slipped into that old arsenal of earlier in the season. Um, uh, and actually, uh, it, there's a reply to that from someone called Jace, who's at Wilson, loads of numbers. He put, true, I just don't want to sign someone who's going to bench him. Long term, I don't see many 20-year-olds in his position who have his potential. And when it's an academy product, that makes it all the more special. Two good points, really. We mentioned we do need another attacking midfielder. Um, But at the same time, I don't want it to be at his expense where he never plays for the club because there's someone ahead of him. So, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. You happy with that? Uh... I didn't hear the question. You cut out. Can you say Oh, did I? Sorry, mate. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've got to find it, but I can't. So basically, um, the question was, what are your thoughts on um, Emil Smith-Rowe? It's great that he's, he's, you know, getting his chances. But, uh, you know, if he gets injured, we're screwed, basically, because against Newcastle without him, we weren't very good. Yeah. And they're saying someone else responded to that tweet saying... Yes, let's sign someone, but not at his expense if he's never going to get to play. Mm. It's tricky, isn't it? If something can be done, I think, on a short term, maybe. Yeah. I, I can see, I know it's only a, a, a sort of small snapshot, um, but I can see him being the next player to get a big contract or a new contract so that we tie him to the club sort of chart. Yeah. Maybe towards the end of the season, in the summer, maybe, yeah. I can yeah. see that. Cool. Right. I think that about wraps it up. Your phone's about to die. We've we've uh, we've spoken for plenty long enough. Uh, we'll, we'll go through uh, the message from Canon Chatter next week. Yeah. Obviously we'll give a latest update on transfers. Um, I'm sure everyone's fully aware on what's going on anyway, given it's out there in the media. So... Until next week, Diddley, uh, where we will discuss the Crystal Palace game. Are we going to do on Friday? Friday? Uh, what, on the back of that game? Yeah. Or... Let's see what happens. Yeah, we could do. I think we play again after that on Monday. All right. So, yeah, it could be a, a long time waiting. So, yeah, let's do one either Friday or Saturday, something like yeah, that. Sounds and good. And then we'll do another one after the uh, the game after that. Um, which I can't remember who it's against, but it's against somebody. So we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll be in touch after that. You're going to say goodbye to these nice people. Goodbye, guys. Don't forget, find us at Blast Arsenal Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Check out our YouTube channel. Yeah, there's not a lot on there at the minute because we're in lockdown. But uh, once lockdown's over with, we're definitely going to do a live episode on YouTube, aren't we? Yeah, and if you want to see any sort of what's what sort of content would you want to see? Get in touch. At Blast Arsenal Pod. Yeah. Do it. Right, until then, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks and goodbye.
to Blast from the Arsenal.